On Second Shot, we cover two new stories every week to find out what kind of wisdom the world is dishing out today. And at the heart of every one of these stories are people, just like you and me, who've had to overcome incredible odds, to face the greatest challenges, to struggle and fight back. But now, we're changing it up. In these episodes, we're skipping the headlines and going straight to the people that inspire us to grow, to be bold, seek change, and act courageously when the rest of the world may not. A second look, a second chance, a second shot. This is Second Shot Sit Downs with your host, Jenny Anchondo. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome into Second Shot and another Second Shot sit down. I am so excited about this week's guest. Let me, a, a lot of you already know him, but let me tell you a little bit about him. Trent Shelton is an author of books like The Greatest You, Straight Up, and It All Starts With You. He is also a former professional football player for the Redskins, the Colts, the Seahawks, and Texans will be happy to know. I know it's not all of you are in Texas, but those of you who are will be happy to know he played for Baylor and was also raised in the Fort Worth area. He is a motivational speaker a founder of the nonprofit Rehab Time. He hosts the podcast Straight Up, which is, I mean, you guys, this is a huge podcast. It's often in the top podcast in the world in the education category. But if you ask me, these are some of the least interesting things about him. So let's get into it. Welcome in, Trent Shelton. Good to see you. It's great to see you too. Thanks for having me. Oh my gosh, this is really fun. And I told you, I've got to tell you the backstory on how I came to really just envision that you would be a part of this show and, and, and everything. Um, my friend, Jamie Kernlia, who I um, was a broadcaster with years ago, like 15 years ago, we started at the same station and she was in town for the RISE conference. She said, you've got, Jenny, you've got to come with me to this conference. And I was like, in between jobs, uh, not doing what I love, doing some freelancing. I, Jamie, I will come to watch you speak and support you as a friend, but I'm not coming into all of this hoopla, all of this rah-rah. She was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> the space you're in, you are coming for the whole thing. And you were staying for the whole thing and every day and all day. And come to find out it was one of the most transformational weekends. It was something that I really needed and you were one of the speakers there. So um, thank you for pouring so much into what you did. I texted my husband and I said, babe, you've got to look up this guy, Trent. He is local and he's like, oh, are you new? He's been here the whole time. So anyway, welcome in. I am so excited to, um, to get into your second shot and we'll do that in a minute, but we're gonna go back to one of the original sort of second shot questions that we did pre-pandemic. I don't know why all of a sudden, because it was via Skype, I stopped asking this question. <laughs> but the question is this, because I think it really helps people get to know who the guest is very quickly. And that is, who are three people that you would want to hang out with? Uh, they have to be living. So this has to this is sort of more of a speaking into existence sort of exercise. So three people that you would like to spend a day with. Who comes to mind? Oh, that's tough. Three, uh, I would say one, um, LeBron James. Yes. Uh, I would say two, um, I'm going to go with the rapper J. Cole. Um, and then three, I'm going to probably go with Barack Obama. Oh my gosh, you guys are going to have a fun week. That's going to be three powerful days. 
<laughs> yeah, for sure. Three very powerful days. So when I, when I was thinking about you and your second shot, it's kind of one of those things where I guess I could assume, I could think, okay, this seems like this was his obvious second shot, but I'll, I'll, I'll let you explain that. Where in your life do you think was the most pivotal, okay, life knocked me down and I got back? Can you kind of take us through that? Yeah, for sure. So um, kind of to build up to that moment, as you stated, like I, I played sports my whole life from the Fort Worth area. I went to North Crowley, went to Baylor, played there. And that process, everything was smooth for me, right? I was performing well. I was the top receiver. I get a D1 scholarship. I'm an all Big 12 player. And so everything is lining up for my dream to come true, which is to be a professional athlete. Um, to make a long story short, I didn't get drafted, which was a big blow to me because I wanted to. Right. I was an undrafted free agent. And I went to the Colts and my my experience with the Colts was great, but I tell people all the time, it's like, just imagine your dream coming true, but that dream turned into your biggest nightmare because I started to get cut, released. Um, mm. I played for three different teams, three different years, and I probably got cut nine or 10 times. People say, how does that work? When those teams cut me multiple times. So my life was very unstable and I hit a, a rock bottom. Um, to be honest with you, I didn't even know if I even want to live anymore because that was my life. Without that everything, I felt like I was nothing. And I just remember in 2009, uh, being in my parents' house in my room, looking around and asking myself, is this it? Mm. Is this, you know, is there any more to my life? And in that moment, I said, you can either sink or you can swim. And to this day, I still live by those words. I say, you know what, I'm gonna swim. I have a child. Uh, Tristan, he's now 12 years old, but my child was like, I can't give up because I'm, I got to leave a path for him. And I just told myself it's rehab time. I never wanted to be a speaker, never wanted to write books. I was barely even reading books. And that was the start <laughs> that uh, started the journey with people know today is rehab time. So 2009, a lot of people like right now, they're in year 2009. Like this is their 2009. So what was the next step? So, okay, so, you, so you're cut and I guess you realize, okay, this is the final cut. Like there isn't anything else. What do you do like for, for a job? What do you do next? What you, like what happened immediately at that time after your low point? Yeah. So at that time I still had one more year, like the NFL it stands for not for long. You get about three years <laughs> to prove yourself. I still had one more year. So I say, you know what, I'm going to give everything mind, body and soul. And oftentimes, you know, we get depressed. We feel like uh, we can't do anything because we're focusing on the things we can't control, right? We're always focusing on things that are out of our control. So I said, Trent, what can you control? I look at myself in the mirror and said, it all starts with you. What can you control, mind, body, and soul? And so I took my level, I took my physical uh, fitness level to an impeccable place, right? I got the right nutrition in my life. I started meditating. I started praying. I took my spiritual life to a different level. I took my mental life for reading books. And that was the first process of me actually doing the work on myself. And if you're in a place right now and it's a dark place, I will tell you this, you gotta do the dark work. And I always say the most important work you ever will do is the work that you do on yourself. And so figure out that thing, like what can you change right now that's in your control that you can take a step? Because you can't get to the destination or the end journey if you're not willing to take that little small step that's probably gonna lead to some major down the line. Isn't it amazing when you meet people who have done a lot of work and who have had really hard things happen to them? There's something really different um, between somebody who has had, you know, and we've all had charmed areas of our life and, and hard areas of our life, but someone who's really been through it and done the work, how enjoyable that person is to be around and to work around to like, oh my gosh, you want to make that connection. Have you found that, that you're better able to make friendships and connections now that you're a little more whole than maybe you were then? 
Absolutely. I mean, um, I always say mindsets are contagious. And I think just the transparency piece of knowing that everybody in this world, you know, the whole perfection myth, I know social media has like forced us into this whole, I gotta be perfect thing. But we, when you start to realize that everybody has their imperfect moments and you can be open to sharing your journey, you find like-minded people that are open to sharing their journey. You start to build confidence in yourself because, you know, you don't feel alone anymore. And that was a big part in my journey where I started to feel like, oh, wait, my pain isn't special. Oh, like other people go through this too. And once I realized that, it gave me the permission to actually do something with my life. There had to be something about having that identity too. Um, I mean, shoot, being in Texas, being a football player, playing in college, going to the NFL. Like, do you need to have any other skills in Texas because you're a football player? <laughs> um, so there had to have been something about like when you no longer have that title, what what do you do? Yeah. So. You have to realize your your titles, your job is what you do. It's not who you are. You are much bigger than a position. You are much bigger than a status. You are much bigger than a label. And it's hard to realize that when you're in that environment. Mm -hmm. But it took me getting stripped of all my labels to really find out who Trent Shelton was at the core. You know, people ask this question all the time. Like, how do I find my purpose? And this is one of the things I talk about in my book, The Greatest You. Yeah. You know, I used to be that person. You find your purpose through this or through that. I thought my purpose was football. When I lost that, I feel like I lost my life. And I wanna tell you this, purpose is not something that you find, purpose is who you are. When you realize that you are purpose, literally it doesn't matter what leaves your life, what comes into your life, yes, it might be hard, but you will never lose yourself because you realize you can take yourself into any place, any situation, any job, and still be who you are. So you, realize you're a purpose. Yeah, say that one more, say in the line one more time, this is like one you gotta write down. Purpose is what? Purpose is uh, purpose is is, is not hold on, let me say um, purpose is yeah. I'm <laughs> I writing was it talking down. so much. Yeah. <laughs> so purpose is not something that you find. Purpose is who you are. Yeah, yeah. Purpose is who you are. Well, that's the hard thing, Trent. Though so many people, like you know, especially you mentioned social media. You know, we go through life looking at things and thinking that looks cool. Maybe that's who I am. And it is it is this weird modern challenge of being able to see so much of what other people are that it seems like we're getting lost and not even knowing who we are, which takes out so much of the joy. So what what's the advice for people who are like, I don't even know who I am. I'm just replicating what I see online. Right, well, I would say it's about, you know, I just said doing a dark work. Mm -hmm. It's about getting down to your core self. And it's about, so one of the things that I asked myself, and this might seem super crazy, but I said, if nobody existed in this world right like nobody existed who am i what do i care about what am i doing and then i said okay if my social media status was gone right all this you know the nfl status who am i what would i be doing and i think you got to get very clear and this is just my perspective on life is that you got to get very clear on what truly matters most to you because a lot of times the things that we think matter as we get older, we realize those things really don't matter. Mm. And so start to prioritize your life around that. Like this is this is another weird thing that I do. I don't no, know do if anybody it. else get, does. Get this, weird. So <laughs> I have a conversation with the 90 year old Trent very often. And people are like, what does that mean? I literally fast forward my life and I have a, a course. It's a fake conversation with a 90 year old Trent. And I'm asking the 90 year old Trent questions. And a 90 year old Trent is, is at a place of peace. It's at a place of like just clarity. It's at a place of Zen. And he's telling me that if you want to get here, 
These are the things that are really gonna matter in your life. Right now you think all these little things matter, but those things really don't matter. And so I'm always having that conversation to refocus my priorities and refocus my focus on what truly matters most. That's really good. We're gonna make it to 90, you guys, if we follow Trent's advice. <laughs> I like that visualization of a long life too. That's kind of fun. Absolutely. So, so uh, this has been a topic that's been coming up a lot lately and I'm curious your, your thoughts on it. Have you heard of the phrase toxic positivity or do you, has anyone ever accused you of that or do you ever hear that in your circles at all? I wanna say I've heard it, but can you clarify for me? Yeah, so, so the notion is just that, um, that people who are out there saying like, you can do it and fight through and, and, and really trying to um, embody people with personal responsibility that it's that is a bad thing. And um, I, went, I went back and forth with one of my brothers about this because he said, well, what you're doing, Jenny, you know, showing all these people second shot, you know, that can be considered toxic positivity because you're not looking at the things that these people have been through. So I'm curious what you think about the, the notion that really being positive and, and telling people like you have the power to do this could be seen as a bad thing. Yeah, I can, <laughs> I can understand tough, that. I, I, yeah, and I, and I think it's everybody's perspective, right? And I always respect people's perspective because you know that's how they see life. And I think if you listen to me, um, I think I'm more of reality positivity, mm -hmm. like just being straight up with people. Like I'll let people know, like I'm not gonna sell you motivation. Like, because to me, motivation, for better lack of words, it, it sucks because too many people depend on motivation to move. And you have to get to a place where you're moving despite if you're motivated or not to create your motivation. So I'm letting people know, listen, at the end of the day, it's your life. Um, these are tools that I know for a fact that can help you. These are the, this is the mindset that you need to have. But if you don't make changes, nothing is going to change. So yeah. I think I'm kind of the opposite. I think I'm more of a, you know, I'm not a sugarcoat type of speaker or motivator, but I want people to understand their reality because this is just the truth. So many people expect to win their war by running from their battle. They expect to really change their reality by not facing it. So I believe you're going to choose negative or positive. Why not be positive? Like, mm -hmm. why not put things into your life that's going to help you grow and serve you? And um, I'm just a big believer over definitions in your life how you define certain things and the meanings that you give your life. And I'm always gonna choose something, even in my lowest moment, like I still go through hard times, like 2020 has been terrible, but I chose to look at this year as the most incredible year yet, because I know, I know that there's no perfect year that could have built inside of me what 2020 has built inside of me. Uh, yeah, this is a conversation we've had at our house too about the growth we've had in our family life and our marriage would see my husband work through his business and like <laughs> build it up, then crash it down, then build it up and how attractive that is. And you know, how, how wonderful it is to see people sort of, uh, you know, get creative. So I, I see what you're saying on that. I think we all will have grown about 10 years if, if we take this year, you know, and, and work with it like we can. Um, I am also very curious to know what made you like, what made you do the first YouTube video? And, and maybe it wasn't YouTube that started it out. What, what was sort of the first thing that launched this, this career that you never really even intended to have? Yeah, so um, my first video on YouTube, I think it was called uh, Be Free. And the message was for me. Um, like the first videos for YouTube was kind of my therapy. I just knew if I put it out there, I'm just a firm believer. Like I'm a person, like if I'm gonna put it out there, then I'm gonna hold myself accountable to keep doing it. And so I was often talking to myself. It was my release, it was my therapy. And I realized quickly by just one or two comments and like, 
I know we live in a time where you feel like you have to have a million followers or whatever, but mm -hmm. it was those one or two comments, the 10 people that watched the video that let me know, like, wait a minute, like my pain has purpose because my past pain is now becoming present strength for other people. And so, yeah, I just decided to just pick up my cell phone and use it as my therapy. And I, I had no idea that I had anything worth giving to the world that people would need. Yeah, it really resonated with people. It seems like quite quickly. Um, was this your first, like, did you go straight from football to doing this as a job or was there another, was there something else in between? So I, after football, I did some personal training, right? Okay. So I trained kids um, in the DFW area. I worked at 24 Hour Fitness for like a brief moment. I actually got fired from 24 Hour Fitness, which is the biggest <laughs> blessing. For what? Uh, because for doing what? <laughs> so I got fired because, um, and nothing against 24 Hour Fitness, but I got fired I because as rehab time was starting to grow, I couldn't necessarily make my classes and my classes would get so full and people would want rehab time merchandise and 24, I guess, didn't like that. And basically they told me that, hey, like we got to let you go. So I was like, all right, cool. It just forced me now to like really be committed to rehab time. They don't so thank no, you, 24. Listen, no brand wants you to outshine the brand. It's just. It's just it the way it works. It's just the way it works. Well, I'm glad I'm glad that you made it through and shout out to 24 Hour Fitness and I'm sure I'm sure they're doing good. Psst. Hey, it's Zach. I'm in my apartment recording this audio so Matt can sneak it into the show before Jenny and Heath hear it. I know they always do the sponsor reads, but guys, I had to get in here so I could tell you about Energy Ogre. They've been a longtime supporter of the show, and this summer, Christine and I finally signed up to see if they're really as good as Heath and Jenny say, and guys, Energy Ogre is totally legit. It's crazy. Check this out. You sign up for Energy Ogre for just $10 a month. You send them your most recent power bill, and the team at Energy Ogre will run the numbers to find out how you can save more money on your bill by switching to a different provider. Then, they'll switch you over to that provider for you and you'll immediately start saving money that you would have been spending on whatever company was ripping you off in the first place. Christine and I switched over this summer and I've been kicking myself for not signing up earlier ever since. We saved so much off our power bill that we paid for Energy Ogre's service fee and now we got a little extra scratch for date night. If you live in Texas, if you're in a house or an apartment, whatever, go to energyogre.com right now and put in the promo code second shot and you can get your first month totally free. Support Energy Ogre, support Second Shot, and support your savings by switching to Energy Ogre. I want to ask for some specific advice for a few different specific situations that I think people probably, I mean, listen, if they listen to this in two years, it'll probably still be re relevant. But it's funny that you bring up, okay, personal training. So obviously, like, you guys can't see him right now, but we'll, we'll show some pictures <laughs> in the TV segment. You'll see him. He's very fit. What's your advice for people who are struggling with their, their fitness right now? Like, before they were going out to the gym or they had a group or they, you know, and now they're kind of like, okay, I'm trying to protect my family and stay home more. What's the what's the advice for them to stay on a routine or try to stay fit? Yeah, so for me, I don't look at physical fitness just from the physical benefits. For me, physical fitness is for my mental health. Um, I look at physical fitness to create the energy that I need to be able to conquer my day. So the first thing I'm going to say, you have to have something major enough in your life that you got to say, I have to have the energy to be able to operate so I can do this. So the days that I don't feel like working out, like mm -hmm. today, mm -hmm. and I went running, I knew I had this interview and mm -hmm. I want to be able to show up the best I can be. And so I would tell you one is that change your perspective, um, change your perspective around just the health part and looking good and all of these things to, 
I need this to create the energy that I need. And then if you don't have a gym, like I go lift rocks outside. Like you can literally use yeah. nature, use outside as your gym. And just, uh, you gotta realize how important that is because oftentimes it's, it's so many benefits outside the physical realm. I mean, even in my household, when I know I don't work out, I'm a little bit more agitated. I'm a little bit more this, and that can spill into other things. And so I just feel like it just helps you become a better person whole when you when you uh, really prioritize moving your body. Movement influences mood. Yeah, oh, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. And then it's just a part of your routine, so you're just kind of <laughs> flowing with it. I think the hard part for some people is, you know, getting getting back into it. Okay, what about people, <laughs> we're gonna get real deep now. What about for people struggling with their relationships right now? I um, I came up with the, this sort of this topic, you, one of your recent podcasts, you talked about, you know, would you wanna hire you? Would you wanna date you? Would you wanna be married to you? So, <clears throat> so can you speak to that, um, how self-reflection could potentially help with, with relationships? Yeah, so I know everybody's in different positions in their relationship, and I want to be respectful to that. So don't take sure. this out of context, but I definitely know this. Oftentimes in relationships, we're focusing on what we're not getting, but we don't focus on what we're not giving. And relationships, you have to understand, relationships means two. And I will be the first one to tell you, if you are in a relationship where you're fighting for it alone, that's a whole other segment we could talk about. Yeah. But if you're in a relationship, you have to put away your selfishness. Selfishness doesn't create togetherness. And so one of the powerful things that I've done in my relationship and I've helped other people, whether it's a friendship or a business ship, whatever, is to ask yourself this, how can I almost be obsessed with pleasing that other person? How can I give to the other person? How can I be obsessed with seeing a smile in another person? And by default, what tends to happen is when you give that type of energy, you usually receive that type of energy back. And so I'm all in, I'll leave you with this quote with this. It's like ignoring your partner's needs and still expecting a beautiful relationship is like ignoring your plants need water and still expecting a beautiful garden. Yeah. Right. So always be, I know the word obsessed is a little strong, but obsessed with, with seeing the best in that person and really bringing out the best in them. And I think when you do that, it just changes the landscape of your relationship. It does. That does drive the point home. Have you ever heard of Imago therapy? I, I think it's I-M-A-G-O. I haven't. It's, it's, a, similar, it's a similar thought process um, b about that. And it really, I was like, oh my gosh, it opened up a whole new world of thinking with, like you said, not just regular relationships, but just work and other, other partnerships and things like that. And the idea that, well, look, I'm gonna take the first step. And, and yeah, you know, it takes two, but usually <laughs> if you go and take the first step, the other person's gonna say, oh shoot, I'll, I'll come too. <laughs> you are <Exactly>. awesome. <laughs> okay, what about uh, advice for people who are struggling at work, people who are hating their jobs right now? Any words of wisdom or encouragement? <laughs> so uh, I'll go with, with, with two, with two uh, different ways on this. So the first person that, if you wanna be at your job and stay at your job, um, and you hate it, I think you have to ask yourself the question, why? Like, why do I hate my job? Is it something that I'm doing? Am I not protecting my peace? Am I not meditating in the morning? Like all these things that I call like the 4A process, and I'm not gonna get into that today, but things that, that make you a better person when you show up, or maybe it's you're not being respected, or maybe you, you aren't being valued in your job. And so ask yourself those questions and make the necessary adjustments. And to the people that are working a job that they hate, my question to you is this. I'm not telling you to quit your job and you hit me up and say, Trent, I need a job now because I quit. <laughs> yeah, send me but some I am money. Telling you, I am, yeah, I am telling you this, though. 
if you really hate your job or your you or your job is mentally taxing my questions you would be would would, would be this what are you doing to get yourself out of that situation mm. like what work are you doing to actually change that situation are you working on your own dreams now are you spending time doing that are you spending time researching and trying to find other avenues that you know your your tools and um, your skill set can be utilized the most because again nothing will change if nothing changes and so that's my advice to you guys yeah it's kind of like that question of would you hire you like yeah okay like sometimes it's that's hard a part to of think it about that's a part of it too because we often live i like to call it the bc mindset where we blame everybody uh -huh. like it's everybody's fault right it's my boss's fault it's everybody's fault and we never self-reflect and you got to ask yourself that question like as an employee or if you're a ceo or a leader like would you want to work for you like, would you hire yourself? And if your answer is a no, then you need to do the necessary work and be real with yourself and make the changes to your life. And when you talk about work, are you, you know, do you have a certain morning routine you do, certain evening routine you do, certain, okay, I make sure to exercise this many times a week, or I go to a therapist this many times a month, or, you know, what, what, what does work look like for you? Knowing that that's not yeah, the so same for everybody, but I'm just curious what your work looks like. So I often do this with me being a, 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 a former professional athlete and we, we often did some after the game where we have to watch the film, right? You have to watch the game tape and the game, like I don't care how great your game was, you're gonna get called out on something. <laughs> like it doesn't matter. Like you're not great now at a hundred percent. And oftentimes as players, you're like, oh, we got film today. I know the coach is gonna get on me because I, I loafed on this play, I did this. But you start to realize if you take the film session seriously and you don't get so self-pity into yourself, you actually can create change that makes you better. And so I take that same process to my life. I don't say I do it every day, but I at least do it every week where I watch the game tape, the film of my life in different areas of my life. So as a father, as a husband, as a leader, as a friend, as a whatever it may be, um, I'm always grading myself out. And sometimes it is a C, sometimes it is a D, sometimes it's an A. And then from there, I'm asking myself the magic question, what are, what's the first step I could do to actually change this? Do I need to go have a conversation with someone? Do I need to go hire a therapist? Do I need to get mm -hmm. somebody in my life that holds me accountable? And then I make the changes necessary. Yeah, that's good. What has your wife thought about this whole thing, about uh, the last, decade of your career and your rise to success in what you do? Yeah, she's uh, been the most supportive person ever. I mean, she gave me the permission really. And when I say that, she didn't make it hard for me to go to go pursue this because yeah. she easily could have said, Trent, you're crazy. Like you need to go get a job and all this other stuff. So she held it down for so long. And I think for a while, like a lot of people in my life, they didn't see like what I saw. Um, they didn't see the big vision. And I want to say that just because people don't see your vision doesn't make them a bad person. It's like your vision. And most people won't see it until it actually happens. But she started to see over time, like how big it's grew. And she like, wow, like, I can't believe this. And um, it's been incredible. And she loves it. And, uh, you know, she you have to ask her, but she loves it. <laughs> and she's definitely been super supportive. And I see her now being able to give her wisdom and share mm -hmm. her stories of her life and help other people. So I think it's pretty cool. I was going to say she's probably another another great interview of Second Shots from what I've heard about her story. What, does she ever call you out? Like, okay, Trent, you're out there telling everybody analyze, but, you know, you left dishes here and, like, have you analyzed that? 
Um, she doesn't, she's, she's done that a few times and I always tell her like, man, don't do that to me. But what, what she does do, I will say this, um, as she's probably listening right now is that she'll be like, don't, don't rehab me. Like, don't treat me like a rehabber. Right. Don't do that to me. And so like that, that's always like a little awkward moment with us, but, um, she always knows that I'm always solution based, maybe too much, but I'm always trying to help and figure things out. So. See, that's yeah. the only thing that she does to me. Yeah, I can totally see that. Like, you're out there being so positive. Yeah. <laughs> Come do these dishes. Come help me out. <laughs> that's awesome. So I'm, I'm curious how the pandemic has been for you guys home with a child, like just going through this whole thing. I know that, you know, schools around here have been <laughs> closed at least for, for a while for most of us. So how has it been during the pandemic and working your business through this? Yeah, it's, it, it, at first it was really tough. Um, you know, I, I thought I had some things fixed in my life where I, I just realized emotionally, like I, I dealt with a lot of anxiety, um, mm -hmm. this whole pandemic, a lot of things I'm like, dang, like where did this come from? Pretty much overwhelming anxiety. And I had to do the necessary work. I had to, you know, have phone calls. I had to become more emotionally intelligent on my life. And then also, you know, we have a one-year-old, a uh, four-year-old daughter, and then Tristan, he's 12. And so balancing all these emotions, you know, and then Maria, you know, we're all in the house all the time. Yeah. And so one of the things that we did, uh, I don't want to go through the whole process, but we, we, we had this technique where I call like our releases. Like I always say, everybody needs a creative release. Everybody needs an emotional release. And we had a release where you could speak your truth without being judged. And so if you were frustrated with some of my kid, you can yell, you can go punch, well, don't punch the wall, I'm breaking the wall, but <laughs> you can do whatever yeah. he needs to do to get it out there and explain yourself without being judged. And that really helped us, you know, through this process and understand each other and what, what everybody else in the house was going through. That's really good because it is hard right now. I think sometimes we're scared to rock the boat because things we, we know everyone else is stressed out. So it's almost like you think, well, gosh, I'm not going to say anything because I already know how hard it is for him, her, him, her. So that's a nice way that, but it sounds like you set the standard, correct me if I'm wrong, ahead of time. Like, okay, this is the time you get to have your release and then we're going to move forward. Absolutely. You know, I call it just basically the safe place where you can feel safe. You're not going to be judged. It's not going to be brought up later. Uh, used against you and it's a place where you know you can emotional have an emotional release and we also too which is very important is have the the self time you know release that i like to call the self-reflection where you can be selfish in a way of just doing something for you right like whether it be maria whether it be going to get her nails done or going to get something mm -hmm. i take the kids like having time for yourself um and i know going outside may be different for everybody but definitely doing something for yourself to have that time for you is very important. I know, with different different parts of the country, different people, we get it. Yeah. Some people some people are full, they're out of the bars, they're doing their things, some people are staying home. Um, yeah, I, I totally get it. But I, I'm also, okay, last thing, and then I'm gonna let you go. I'm curious what, you, so with three kids, are you doing this, like, are you getting up and exercising in the morning before they get up at 4 a.m.? I'm curious, like, logistically, schedule-wise, what that looks like for you, because what's happened during this time, I think, is that we're so busy watching our kids that those little bits of, time that you spent working on yourself have dissipated. So how are you structuring it in? Absolutely. So getting up early, um, yeah. it's changed a little bit because now my daughter is in school. Tristan's still homeschool. Marley's one. So we do have a sitter at times. But my thing is getting up early in the morning, you know, uh, just so I can have that time for myself, um, to be honest with you, and have that time where everybody's sleep, everybody's quiet. I can go get my workout in. When I get home, you know, I'm, I'm here. And then sometimes during the day, if I have a free two hours, I'll go get it in at the gym just to create some more energy uh, for myself to be able to conquer the rest of my day. So, you know, you got to make sacrifices and I don't really consider them sacrifices like that word, you know, can kind of be I think it's something that that um, 
you should be doing because I don't want to take time away from my family. I know I'm different than a lot of people, but my biggest success is my family. And so I want to make sure that they have my time, they have my focus, and they have my energy. Trent, you have been awesome. Last question, if there's one little bit of advice for somebody who needs a second shot, they're rock bottom, they're down here, they're down and out right now. What's the one piece of advice for them to get on the right path? Yeah, so five simple words. It all starts with you. Mm -hmm. And I'll leave you with this quote. Just because you have some bad chapters doesn't mean your story can't end well. Literally, you hold the pen to your life. Literally, you're a choice away from a new beginning and you're a commitment away from a new life. You can turn the page, right? I don't care if you had a bad 30 years, a bad 10 years, a bad two months. You literally can start a new beginning right now by choice. And then once you stay committed and consistent, watch out, man, because you're gonna make the world respect your greatness. Oh, that was beautiful. This interview was, it was every bit as um, energizing and real and authentic as I hoped it would be. So thank you for your time, Trent. I, I so appreciate it. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Okay, you guys, I'm going to give you a shout out, all the, the rundown of all those places. Find him on social media at Trent Shelton. Search Rehab Time. We will link it all up both on CW33.com and also on SecondShotPodcast.com in the show notes. I'm telling you, sign up for, he's, he, he does these little daily text messages. You need a little boost in the morning. Sign up for the text alert system. It is phenomenal. And, and I hope that this second shot just gave you another example of somebody who has had a point in their life where they needed a second shot, where they took a second shot and where, where it's worked out well for them. You can find out more at secondshotpodcast.com. And a reminder, these air every Thursday on CW33 TV. Talk to you guys soon.